greetings ladies and gentlemen and welcome to yet another buster wolf podcast it's been a while in the midst of the fighting streets we've been playing the closed beta all weekend pretty fucking good game with street fighter 6 as i hear someone rummage on their mic what is that uh but yeah we've been playing street fighter 6 uh there was the announcement of mortal kombat 1 uh still waiting for some news on that gameplay maybe we'll get some at the next playstation conference and uh we've just been generally enjoying fighting games so far it's been a great year waiting for tekken 8 to come out hopefully we get a release date for that but my name is renegade operative and i will be introducing the panel we're talking about the story and the lore of all the tekken characters and things like that with some very interesting questions uh and the first person i'm going to introduce today is jojo what up? I'm a big uh, Tekken fan. I love Tekken Tag Tournament 2. Been a, been a Tekken fan since I played, I think, Tekken 2 at the arcade when I was a kid. Big fan of the series, and I think someone just hopped in. Um, yeah, hey, guys. Oh, Nick. There she is. Oh, okay. Just on time. Because I'm outside, but... Well, that's all good. Okay. We're doing an introduction, so Jojo, uh, what was the rest of what you were saying? Um, yeah, big fan of Tekken. I'm really looking forward to Tekken 8. I'm so happy that us fighting game fans are going to be eating good this year. Next, we have Andre. Yo, howdy. Andre V. Venom here. Uh, yeah, as um, I do love Tekken 2. I'm a, I love fighting games. Been a fan, been a huge fan of them for a very long time. With Tekken 8, Street Fighter 6, and MK1 on the horizon, we are. I'd say uh, it's things are looking bright for us fighting game players. Yep. Uh, King Nero, introduce yourself, good sir. Oh, uh, hey, what's up, guys? It's Nero. Uh, I didn't wear my Harada shirt today, unfortunately. Don't ask me I for shit. <laughs> I just love when he says that, by the way. But go ahead. Yeah, uh, I got attacking like in elementary school brought all the game brought almost all the games recently and i've been having fun with them for a little bit started with tekken 2 and i just kept on playing but next we're going to introduce nikki wop waparino yeah hey sorry it's fine yeah, sorry about jumping in late like that. Um, yeah, hi, I'm Nikki, everyone. Um, yeah, I like Tekken. I'm not very good at it, but um, I started with Tekken 3 on the PlayStation 1, and um, I was curious about Devil Jin's design, really liked it. And um, I guess it just went on from there. Um, um, I discovered Lee Shaolin through, actually through Dragon Ball Z. I, his design reminded me of Trunks, and... I guess it was kind of love at first sight, and yeah, like I said, I'm not very good at Tekken, but I just enjoy everything about it. Next we have Kaneki. Ah, uh, man, you know, I'm I'm a huge fan of this franchise ever since going up as a kid. It was uh, started out with Tekken 2, of course. I couldn't find a copy of Tekken 1 at the time, but uh, years later, I'm glad I didn't because uh, we're going to get into that later, but... Uh, been going up with fighting games like Tekken, Street Fighter, Mortal Kombat lately. I'll try m my best as I can to refresh my memory about Tekken lore because right now, uh, Street Fighter is on the mind. 
and uh, those pre-order, so pre-order, and I once this podcast is over, I'm gonna keep playing Street Fighter Six until they close the beta. If only we got a Tekken beta, fucking only, but that's probably not gonna happen. For real. Fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah. Next, right. next up we have Fane. Oh, oh, yeah. Hey, what's up? Um, I kind of got into Tekken pretty late. Uh, I would say my first Tekken game was probably Tekken 6? Or was it Tekken 5? I don't remember. I had it on the PS3. Um, it was 6. Okay, yeah, 6 then. I'm pretty new to the series. I played a bit of Tekken 3 on the, uh, Tekken, Tekken 2, and Tekken 3 on the, uh, emulators. So that's about it. Hold on, am I, before we continue, am I crazy or is 5 on the PS3 with Dark Resurrection? Yes. Oh yeah, there was a PS3 version on tech, of Tekken 5, but it was a download only game, I think. Yeah, yeah you can only uh, yeah, download it. Yeah, because I, I was like, I, I know I was playing that on the PS3 emulator. It's just a little food for thought there. But um, we're going to get right into it with the questions. Uh, we're going to be mostly talking about story, lore, characters, all that stuff. So it's going to be very specific to um, what is going on in Tekken. So we're going to go down the list and give our answers. Uh, the first question is, what do you think of the long-running Mishima Bloodline story and how it's being implemented throughout the series? over the years as a big staple of the lore and franchise uh jojo i want you to go first okay um i think the the kazuya bloodline uh, the mishima bloodline i mean excuse me in the tekken in the tekken storyline is i would have to say is probably one of the darkest you know storylines in video gaming you know because you know you got you got you got fathers, sons, grand grandfathers, grandchildren, all trying to just straight up kill each other because one's a sore loser and the other, and they want power and stuff. And not only that, but with uh with uh Kazuya having uh the devil gene in him, you know, pretty much making him evil unless he was evil before that. Awoke. I think I think it was I think he didn't turn evil till after he got tossed off the cliff as a kid. But I think that was when his devil gene awoken. It's kind of like I said, it's kind of a dark storyline having people who are related so closely by blood and they want nothing more than to just kill each other and take what power that they have. And, you know, at least two of them, Jin and Heihachi, not Jin, uh, Kazuya and Heihachi want to pretty much rule the world and... I think Jin just wants to bring it all down for the sake of, you know, being a good guy. <clears throat> but yeah, it's very, very dark, very, very gripping storyline. I, I like it, but that's also what I, that's also an, another answer for another question later. Yeah, I feel the same way. Oh, I was muted again. I feel the same um, way. Uh, I'm going to go real quick. It's, it's, very dark family patricide stuff where you know people want to kill each other's parents and grandparents and then end the bloodline so to speak um i i do feel though at times this story has been kind of dragged out a bit 
but it is interesting for what it is throughout Tekken 1 through like 4 it was at the peak of the Mishima bloodline and then you had Jin come in there and he was like oh well I have to take all you guys down because you're fucking crazy and I got in the bloodline and it brings a tragic hero element to his character which I always liked about Tekken so is that three-way dynamic of uh more family coming in um you got obviously the chick uh from Tekken 7 I forget her name Kazumi or whatever uh she came into the picture you see her origins then you see Jinpachi and it's all just a giant entanglement of family corruption and how they sort of get John Kazama Yep, June too. June is the element where it's like she's pure and all the stuff is going on with her son. And and that's definitely going to lead into a question later because I know what people are going to bring up with Tekken 8's story. But yes, it, it's really, really good when the good gets going. And I always like appreciate the story for you. It's like, who's going to die next? Who's going to who's going to fuck up someone next? I was surprised when they got to the point in Tekken 7 where it's like, oh, well, Heihachi, that's it. But it's like this man needs to come back again from the dead. I don't care how you do it. Just make it fucking happen. Uh, I, I, I just love all these characters and how they have this inner turmoil and i think if it wasn't there it wouldn't be as interesting as it was despite being dragged on a bit that's my opinion on the mishima bloodline story um interesting stuff they're doing especially with the devil gene like the fact that they could turn into these creatures and fight each other and heihachi wants some of that uh i always like that element a lot so kaneki i will let you go next no, I wouldn't say it's the darkest one of the darkest stories I've seen in video games, but it's been a, it's been an interesting ride with the Mishima Bloodline story, especially when you know even during the entire Bloodline story, you get to see what happened to characters, for example, in Tekken Three, where Jin has to fight Ogre, and during that, Ogre was been on the killing spree to where. Uh, you know, where he's killed other characters off screen, like the first king, the first armor king. Now, I, I like I like stories that go into more than just the, the main bloodline story of Jin, uh, Kazuya, and Hiachi taking over the world. And uh, I do like the fact that uh, I do like how Kazuya got introduced into the devil gene, because at first, you, you know, you've seen... Uh, You've seen him, uh, the devil taking over Kazuya, but later on in the story, you would see Kazuya takes the fucking control of the devil, and you know that that's that's a pretty cool thing. So I can't wait for Tekken Eight to see. Hope we get a conclusion. Nero, it is your turn. What do you think of the Mishima Bloodline arc and the entire Tekken franchise? For me personally, I think it's just one of the most craziest beefs out there. All because Heihachi... We're going... I can go to spoilers, right? Yeah, yeah, you can. All because Heihachi decided to smash this... Smash Kazumi, who was supposed to kill him. Like, if he didn't, if he didn't smash Kazumi, I think none of this stuff would even happen. And I feel like all this stuff could have easily just been res all this stuff could easily be resolved in the next game. Hopefully, you have like Jin and Kazuya preparing for the final showdown, and it's just with Tekken Eight. I hope it, I hope it becomes like something wild. 
I want to see a really crazy ending to this long, long family beef. Fane, it is your turn. What do you think of this whole Mishima family bloodline nonsense? This, the, the, this feud is really wild, in my opinion. The fact that it all started because, uh, what was his name? Mishima was scared that his wife was going to give birth to the devil, so he just straight up threw his son off a cliff. Son comes back, beats him, and becomes a devil, and then all hell just breaks loose. And then at some point in there, it just straight up World War Three. Dragging everybody in there into this their feud. I think it's absolutely wild. Andre, it is your turn. Okay, I will take uh Tekken's story is really interesting because if anyone's not aware, Kazi actually used to be like he used to be a good guy, but when you actually get to the ending of Tekken 1. It kind of pulls the rug under you, and he and it shows how villainous Kazi really is. And Tekken Two onwards, Kazi is basically a straight up antagonist. So once Tekken Three pretty much gets the ball rolling with Jin, kind of meant to be like the anti-hero, kind of meant to sort of be like you know the redeeming replacement compared to Kazuya. It um it really starts to get even crazier when like Tekken six happens and Jin basically kind of like falls in the footsteps of his like dad. And then with Tekken seven, the Mishima family, it's Tekken seven essentially is kind of like the conclusion of like, I guess, Heiachi's whole story. Right. And you know how he pretty much fights Kazuya death and loses and gets thrown into the volcano. It's, it's pretty crazy stuff. Like I think the Mishimas are definitely one of the most like, kind of fighting game protagonist or at least most interesting with like when it comes to like you know moral kind of like in the moral spectrum you know like they're not really straight up heroes they're just straight up villains like compared to the likes of like you know Ryu or Soul from Guilt here and so forth but yeah I really think it's a pretty great storyline can't wait to see how it's how Tekken 8 is going to resolve it since Chin is going to be fighting dear old pops <laughs> as is like Suppose the file showing, but eh, we'll see. But yeah, that's my answer. All right, we're going to move on to the next question here. Is there a distinctive storyline you want to see continue or resolved in Tekken 8? And the first one that will go is JoJo. Um, I will, since I'm like kind of a big fan of, uh, I, I, I kind of like the big rivalry that went on with uh, Huarang. Uh, forgive me if I'm pronouncing that name wrong. And uh, Jin. Um, I'd like to see how that kind of goes. How it's kind of a little friendly, you know, rivalry. Um, like, like, it always, like it always accumulates at, at every one of his endings where, where Huarang and Jin kind of square off in some way. Whether it be on a motorcycle or in a, in a fighting ring. I also want to see I want to see the story of King kind of have a happy ending. He's had nothing but bad times and he's he's kind of one of my favorite characters. Um 
Yeah, I, I also want to find out why the hell Paul looks the way he does in Tekken 8. That's that that's a story I want to hear in Tekken 8. That's what I want to find out, how that happened. All right, I'll go next really quickly. Uh, the only thing I kind of want to see resolved, so to speak, is, I mean, it's the elephant in the room, it's June. Now she's back after all these years and we we had next to no information on her in the story. We presume she was dead after the Tekken 3 attack on all of the fighters. And I was wondering like, okay, we well, we haven't really seen the body. We've seen the intro where, you know, ogres holding a human head, but that could be anybody's head. And then watching Tekken Bloodline once more, we see that June didn't really fully die on screen so i'm like what's what's that about so we all presume for years that she was still alive and this game kind of confirms it so uh what i'm hoping for is that the game not only explains her absence but also maybe possibly allude to some nefarious things with the little unknown creature that's probably inside of her that would be a great turn and twist if Jen sees that for the first time and he's like holy shit what is that and it's affecting my mother i have to do something about it and you know how much he loves his mother so they could make something interesting there and plus it's like rad said on the last podcast somebody's got to stop Jen and kazuya from killing each other so she would be the ideal candidate in that department so i want to really see that storyline progress and i guess maybe give lee something to do that's going to lead to a question but i will talk about that much much later so Kaneki, it is your turn uh before i go on uh i'm gonna take a wild hot guess on how that's gonna end uh june is gonna die like for real this time god fucking damn it you know it's gonna happen eventually <laughs> i i do but <laughs> Kazuya is gonna probably kill Jun, and that's where uh, Jin will fucking squash the rivalry, rivalry here and there by killing Kazuya, and that's how it ends. That's really uh, dark. But, uh, God damn it. Yep. Uh, a specific storyline. Well, JoJo did kind of take one of my answers. I, I did want, I do want King's story to be resolved because, oof, have you seen his stories in previous games? Uh, that motherfucker has a bad, bad past. Like all, like all of his members dying left and right, especially in Tekken Four when he was about to, you know, he was about to take a life of Craig Marduk, but you know, he let that motherfucker slide, and now they became tag teams for a bit. Um, the only storyline I wanted to to either continue or resolve, and and this is from Tekken Seven, uh, Eddie Gordo's search for Jin. Um, I forgot what reason he's going after Jin, but I was actually curious uh, to see if Eddie Gore will still continue to find Jin and hopefully squash whatever beef he has between him and Jin. Uh, can anyone tell me why he's going after Jin? I forgot. I do not know, actually. All, all I know with uh, Eddie Gordo is that he was, I, I think, Kazuya killed his dad or something? Yeah. Uh so killed his dad. So I I'm not I'm not sure what his beef is with Jen. Maybe it's kind of like, hey, you killed my dad, so I'm gonna kill your fucking son over here and then what are you gonna do about it? But that's gonna be pretty oh. hard to do. So uh, Oh Andre said it. Jen promised to help save his master. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Um 
Oh, I mean, and I guess he like, didn't deliver on that promise. Yeah. Okay. Basically, to make this short, um, long story short, uh, Eddie worked with Jin for a little while, and um, Jin promised he can help like Eddie's master. And come Christie's Tekken Six ending, well, that didn't happen. As a result, Eddie pretty much swore to like get revenge on Jin, considering he like broke his promise. So yeah, that's pretty much the reason. I, I guess he doesn't know that that was all a smokescreen, and Jin was trying to take over the world because of um, bringing out Azazel, which, you know, was really important at the time. So I guess maybe they could touch on that and see why they both have conflicting values right there. But uh, go on, Connect. you had more to say? Um, I think that's... Actually, is there one more? Uh, I think that's it. Oh, all right. So we're going to move on to Andre. Is there any character resolutions you want to see resolved for technique the resolutions yep um okay you know what the most popular one nina and anna's uh rivalry i they've been at this since they debuted in Tekken one it's like i know like for a while it was like going on quite heavy and like Tekken one and two then Tekken three they got kind of jangly frozen for a while and it's been going on with like no signs of stopping i would kind of like it to like you know at least come to a conclusion or something like that. And since, you know, Nina, and since Nina has a son, which is Steve, I would be, it would be interesting to see Steve get involved in like both his mom and aunt's mess in some regard, at least try to be like a peacekeeper to both of them. Like, you know, instead of no one dying, he just tries to like save both of them, like, you know, bury the hatchet, something like that. Yeah. Um, as for another character, uh, I guess I'd like to see Marduk and Armor King's rivalry get resolved too, because I, I think it's really interesting how like Marduk killed the original Armor King and Armor King's younger brother wants revenge and like it's and you know, King has to like play that meteor role against them. So hopefully hopefully if uh, Armor King and Marduk make Tekken 8, they'll we'll do something interesting in their story, but that's all I gotta really say on the matter. Alright, Nero, it is your turn. All right, <clears throat> but well, Andre took one of my answers. Uh, yeah, I want to see how that uh, Mardar versus Armor King thing went. It's like it, they had a uh, something. They had a story in seven where if one of them lost, they had they had to retire or something like that. I want to see what happens in Tekken Eight. Did they actually go at it, or did something happen? Like, I really want to see an ending to that. And also, I want to see the whole thing with Miguel and Jin, because Miguel has beef with Jin because Jin killed his sister in a bombing. And in Tekken 7, Miguel was going to beat the hell out of Jin, but Miguel thought it wasn't even worth it since Jin was, like, still weak from, like, being in his double form from seven. All right. I think it's Fane's turn now. I'm going to choose the stupidest answer and just say to see if Paul finally wins Tekken, the Tekken tournament. I know it's stupid, but this man has been trying almost every year, every time the tournament comes up. He is entered and almost wins 
only for either him to get um, uh, pulled over by the cops or just defeat Ogre the first time, but didn't know about the second form. I just want to see this man win. That's what I got. That's so crazy because he was almost very, very close to my memory in Tekken 3. Because he beat Ogre, from what I understand, but he didn't beat True Ogre, and he left the tournament thinking he won, and he got severely cucked. <laughs> yeah. I hate that so much as a Paul fan. So I, I pretty much know people's pain Watch they might kill him too. Oh, oh no, oh, no they won't. Paul's too popular to get rid of. Nah. nah. Hopefully and not. He also lost to Kuma once. I do remember that, you know, the bear beat his ass a little bit, you know, throw some bear treats, throw a bear trap next time. You probably, you probably do well, but we're going to move on to the next question. And that is, what is the best Tekken story in your opinion? And Jojo, I'll have you go first. Uh, I would say the best Tekken storyline. Um, it really depends on my mood. Like I'm, I'm one of the people that really likes how Tekken handles its funny characters and its funny stories. So I kind of like the ones that involve, uh, that involve law and, uh, law and Paul and maybe Steve. They're always doing harebrained shit to try and win in every tournament. And it's always funny. Um, as for a serious, uh, as for a serious storyline, I would say probably the best one probably have to be hmm, good question. Actually, I would say probably <clears throat> maybe maybe the Jack family, maybe the Jack line, because a lot of them uh, like I think there's a little bit of like a, a a little bit of the trope of the robot discovering his humanity in there. And I like how he's uh, how his demonstration of that humanity is he goes out of out of his way to protect that little girl. I can't remember her name. What's her name again? The little girl he protects. I totally forgot. OK, well, I always like that story. And of course, the, his little his little uh, his little his little uh, Russian dance taunt always made me laugh. I like that. Those are the kind of I like I like those kind of stories, the funny ones and the. Ones that kind of tug at your harp strings a little bit. I'm going to make a very typical response. I honestly like Jin's progression so far in the Tekken series where he goes from innocent, you know, kid just fighting off bullies to his mom being taken from him, which is a traumatic event that you know will affect anyone harshly as much as it did and especially knowing that it was some weird ass creature that got released from the temples and you want to kick his ass and he kicked his ass then you have his grandfather shooting him in the head and literally getting away with it and then you have his father being revived from the dead and trying to you know take the rest of the devil out of him uh so it's a lot that character has went through that's a lot they put in terms of the lore and the arcs and everything and how it all interconnects to uh, Mishima Bloodline, which we talked about is a grand overarching story. So I, I really like his story the most. I thought that really was a longstanding thing that was worth it in terms of energizing the series with a character that is um, 
new but also familiar to previous fighting styles with Mishima and everything so I pretty much enjoyed that next up is Andre uh what was the question um uh what is story? what is the best story within Tekken in your opinion oh I think we skipped Nikki I think we skipped Nikki oh Nikki's she's not here she's not oh okay I thought she okay never mind yeah she said she's gonna um, come in late you mean stories or just uh, overall stories of the games or just characters? It could be it could be either or if it makes the question a lot more interesting, like what is the best story within the lore or what is the best Tekken story in general in terms of video games? Okay, in my honest opinion, Tekken 4. Um, the intro of that game is amazing. Like, I, Tekken has a lot of great intros, but that's probably my favorite. And the sole reason is because Kazuya, like, comes back from the dead and it's really crazy because like that sequence where he's just fighting all those fucking soldiers uh i think it was mishima's like bots with soldiers uh correct me if i'm wrong mm, i think it was the i think that was now that was like from second five yeah jack boss was second five yeah oh. but yeah he was beating the shit out of all the mishima's like bots members and it's the point where like he literally got his hands on a gun and was about and I think that scene of him about to pull the trigger and you kind of see some blood trickling down on his head. You know, it looks like he's about to shoot him, but say he like punches the fucking soldier. And I was like, that just right there really sold the game for me. But um I really I really like how Tekken 4 just handles its uh its intros and its, you know, endings. I it's got this very like early two thousands, very like, you know, it's not like edgy, but it's got this very like you know really like serious, dark, early two thousands feel to it that I really admire. It's yeah, I yeah, that's pretty much all I gotta say. You know, I'm gonna elaborate on that real quick. If I said storyline that's the darkest between games, I'm gonna say Tekken three. Tekken, I mean, no, in terms of the best, Tekken three, I'll say darkest for later. But yeah, Tekken three is is the best because they they did like giant energy when they decided to say hey we're gonna do a uh, 15 year time jump and introduce all these new characters and kill off a lot of legacy characters while not only trying to do this to enhance the story but um you know put new people in new places and new positions that's like a giant leap and and it's like uh i watched a video on this from four snake where he said you know not a lot of franchises in fighting games were successful in getting rid of the old cast and bringing in the new but tekken 3 was the one where everything felt like a natural step forward and a lot of people weren't really pissed off because other characters had other people's like fighting styles and stuff like that and it, it felt like a gradual growth with the characters being new but also widely accepted and i think um a lot of new they people weren't functions either yep they weren't functions they weren't tossed <laughs> aside eventually outside of you know um because they bought back kazuya anyway so it, it all worked out in the end versus others where it's like hey we took out scorpion and vanilla mortal kombat 3 let's make another version we fucked up so I, I I really like Tekken Three and how it all followed up. Oh yeah. Also, I guess it's fair to also ask JoJo this question before we move on to the next person. But JoJo, uh, what is your favorite Tekken game overall, story wise? Um, storyline wise, I would say probably three. 
because of how it handled the uh the big time skip and how it uh how it brought how it brought in all these new characters that were kind of taking over the reins of the old characters like how the king in Tekken 3 is a different king from the one in 1 and 2 and uh only a few of the actual characters you know came back like Heihachi Paul Nina that's cuz she was cryogenically frozen and to an extent Anna um um, I kind of yeah, but I liked I liked how they handled that time skip. Like 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 you said, it was um it was kind of that uh way of bringing in the new with the old. Because if you just get rid of the old classic characters, the game's gonna feel weird. Like you said with Mortal Kombat three not having Scorpion, so they made another with him in it. Um, that's gonna like it's gonna feel that way if they make another one without King in it or something. But yeah, I would say the best story was in three and I would say followed up maybe five. Also want to say that I really like the opening cinematic in five, the PS2 version, because that, that, that song was really cool. <clears throat> All right, next up is Kaneki. The best Tekken story. Hmm. I would oh, people, uh, Andre already said Tekken 4, so I would go with the next big thing. Uh, obviously uh Tekken 5 in my opinion has like in terms of the best story tales between characters and its endings especially when king when when you play when you play throughout his whole playthrough and then you get to the ending uh actually no it was armor king armor king you get to play his ending and then the other king comes over and he's like who are you and then you, and then you realize it's not the same armor king it's a different armor king well aka armor king the second and he just what does he beat the shit out of king in a wrestling way and then uh i like how the mishima bloodline story continued from tekken 5 with different endings from jin uh what if endings like jin taking uh jinpachi's fucking uh powers or i think it was the canon ending where kazuya took his powers if i'm not mistaken Ren? Uh, hold on. What is one thing? I, I know in Kazuya's ending, I think he kills him. And the yeah, other he one, kills him. Yeah, and then um, the other one with Jin is the one, it's Devil Jin, where he takes his powers and he becomes this black big demon thing. I know it's, I'm wording this super poorly, but that's exactly what happens. We never see that devil form again. Um, no, because it probably wasn't the canon ending. I just like the what if endings. In Tekken Five, oh, re remember the Lee ending where Heihachi was fucking wearing a uh, Fadoshi, whatever that is. Fadoshi, yeah. oh man, dude, and that became like one of the fucking costumes to ha to must have in future Tekken games. And isn't that 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 like white garment that like from a distance looks like he's wearing tidy whiteies or something? Yes. Is that what you're talking about? Yes. Okay, I know what one you're talking. Oh. oh God, Japanese, oh. Japanese tradition. That's the outfit like, when he's not fighting the uh, when he's not fighting like one of the other Mishimas. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> oh, that image is in my head once again. Thanks a lot, uh, Kaneki. Oh, oh man. <laughs> The diaper from four gave me nightmares. Remember? <laughs> it's the, the diaper. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, no. Two finger. 
but is that it for now, Kanegi? Yes. Alright, then Nero, it is your turn. What is the best story in Tekken from individual games? Let's see, uh I do have a favorite character or oh, favorite character story of mine is like Fang because of like he was like one of the best students in his uh martial arts well martial arts uh group and he killed his master and he's trying to find the wind god fist so it was like a typical martial arts movie villain trying to find a sacred power and I do like Brian's story a bit well Brian and Yoshimitsu's beef I wonder how that's going to be, like, resolved. Because Brian has done some crazy shit to uh, Yoshimitsu's clan. And Yoshimitsu is not going to let that slide. That's kind of what I was thinking of for the Tekken 8 question, but I didn't answer it. I was like, that beef is kind of... He'll probably be killed off, too. Interesting. Brian? Yeah. Yeah, I can see it, yeah. I really had this, like, idea where, like, if Brian comes back in second eight, like, his design should show him, like, you know, he's, like, starting to decay, you know, he's, like, on death's doorstop. Yeah. Hey, he was on that once, and then they should kind of show Yoshimitsu, like, fucking him up, and he's a little bit scarred. Even more scarred than he is now, actually. Now I say that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because he has, like, a... I think one of his legs is, like, completely, like, robotic in Tekken 7. Yeah. One of his arms and his legs. Yeah, yeah, one of his arms and legs are, like, completely cyborg. It's like, it's coming. <laughs> Gotta watch out for them LTG chicken legs, man. But <laughs> next we have Fane. Fane, what is your answer for the best story in Tekken, in your opinion? It could be games or either individual lore stories. Was the best. I think I like um, Bichelon's story a little bit, where like he becomes like the foster son or like the adopted son into the Mishima family. Then he gets kicked out, and then he becomes like his own independent businessman, and start and starts working with robotics. He becomes like this chill dude with his. Famous catchphrase, excellent. 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 So we're going to move. Also, oh, go ahead. I think he also becomes like kind of a womanizer. Uh, yeah, pretty well. He got, he got a lot of scantily clad women around this place. You know, you know what it is. Also, to answer JoJo's uh, question, I think the girl's name, I have it right here. Uh, Jane, that was her name. Jade? Jane. Oh, Jane. Jane. Okay. That was the little girl who Jack was fond of and protected. Hmm. All right. So I wonder if they'll continue with that in Tekken 8. Oh, we'll see, is. like, her adult version. Yeah, all grown up. Uh, yeah. It looks like she's going to be in Tekken 8. That's interesting, actually. That'd be cool to see. It gives more character development to Jack. Yeah, she'll be 30. Oof. Yeah, that time skip. Yeah, I remember. 
that makes sense though but we're gonna move on to the next question which i'm probably gonna take first so people can have an example but what is the worst tekken story in your opinion okay i gotta say if i'm talking about games between tekken 1 through tekken 7 i gotta say tekken 6. first and foremost I understand they're trying to go bigger with the idea that Jen is the antagonist this time around, but since it all led to him ruining people's lives for just getting this demon out and stuff like that, and you have to play a little uh, arcade or campaign scenario, whatever the fuck it was, uh, and then they were trying to sort of set up Lars and then all these other stories were going around. It was a giant mess the only thing i really remotely liked about it was the war aspect like everybody's going to war everybody's fighting i i feel like they had the right idea on paper but the execution was just messy in terms of individual stories that i i didn't like or appreciate um i'll say that i kind of just didn't like uh it's something with the next question obviously um well the one after that uh, with uh, arcade letter endings but I, I i don't like some of the stuff they've been doing with paul where they've been turning him to into like a big joke uh which i'm gonna save for like later and talk about that but i i feel like he went from serious fighter to joke character and uh that progression is something safe for a later question so I'm going to let Kaneki go next on the worst Tekken story in his opinion. Oh, that's a tough, that's a toughie. I would say in terms of how you tell the story about, you know, the entire Tekken story, not just the Machine Mill Bloodline, but in terms of how expressing the, what's going on in front of your, in front of your fucking screen, uh, I would have to say... Ironically, Tekken 7, and here's why. Here's one simple reason why. When you hear the announcer tells you what's going on in the in the in the store in the Tekken 7 story atmosphere, he doesn't sound excited. He, instead, he sounds like he's bored. Sounds like he he doesn't even want to narrate this this uh the entirety of the game. It's like whoever hired that whoever hired the guy to narrate the Tekken 7 story uh doesn't have all this energy or doesn't try to sound like uh even frightened of what's going on in the story is just it feels so bland makes me not want to play tekken 7 story again but i do like the cutscenes to tekken 7 oh yeah tekken 7 visually looked really good I was going to write this in chat, but I might as well say here real quick. I wish they did something more with Akuma story wise. I, I get he was an assassin and everything, but I, I feel like if you're crossing this major character over from Street Fighter, you could do a little bit more than just hey, I'm here to kill this dude. And that's it. Like, I understand like he wants to fight to be the strongest. It makes sense, but I kind of wish we saw more in the actual storyline and, and we didn't. So it's just kind of and plus he, yeah. he gets on my fucking nerves when i fight him with shinokuma but that's another story entirely yeah i'm curious uh what he meant by uh owing uh kasumi a favor like did he save her before probably so you see that's like some of those fill in the blank details that 
they did not go into depth with, which I, I could have used a little bit more of that to appreciate the story, but they didn't, so. No. The only way we would get it is if they added an Okuma again in 8, but I doubt it. He was, he was a one-time character. Andre, what about you? What do you, what do you think of this? Uh, worst second story? Yeah. Uh, probably 6, if I'm being honest. Like, I said this in the chat. Second seven is slightly better because I will say this much: it wraps up Kazuya and Hayashi's like entire rivalry. Like the age, the animosity between father and son is like completely done. Like, like for all of Second Seven's story flaws, you can't deny that final fight with um, Kazuya and Hayashi was amazing. Like it was just fucking perfect. Um, six, I think the problem with six is they like, try to introduce Lars and. I I don't I think Lars is cool and all, but I think it just feels too convoluted because I was like, hey, Ashi has another son, like another son, you know? It's weird and like because they try to pass off like Lars is related to like all the Mishimas and the way he did it, it's really weird. I think Jin's plot to like stop Azazel was just kind of it, it was honestly I thought it was kind of dumb because the reason being is like. He goes to all this trouble and starts World of Three to awaken Azazel when honestly he could have just found Azazel or some shit like that. You know, he'd have to do some shady shit as like head of like what was it, uh, the Mishima's like boss, but at the same time, he could have like avoided a ton of casualties and yeah. Um but yeah, sick of the storyline, I don't wanna like drag this out too long. It's it has too much going on for it, and I think a lot of the endings are in that game are pretty forgettable. Like, I don't think... I I don't think I remember any of them, honestly. I forgot almost all the I don't remember checking Six's uh, story. Is it really that bad? Holy shit. Like, it's forgettable. It's very forgettable. Yeah, what Ren said. It's, I, ju- it's, I just only know um, the Miguel and Eddie shit in, in Six. That's about it. Yeah, I... Well, I remember Oscar and Lily's fucking ending, but it was cringe. Oh, you know what? Let me let me let me add something. I remember that fucking ending. Oh boy, in Tekken Seven between those two, ah, uh, Oscar got bought by Lily, so <laughs> oh, yeah. she's Lily's bitch. Oh, what a way to ruin a character that could potentially be added to the Mishima bloodline story. She would have been an interesting character to be added. Because remember, if you if no one paid attention to uh, was it Tekken Five, uh, Asuka's ending, she was healing uh, Jin. She was healing the devil out of Jin for was it like for for that moment? She could have been like the next Jun Kazama, but they didn't work with that, I guess. Yeah, that was just baffling to me because like honestly, truth be told, I I got wishful he didn't exist, so that way Austin at least finish a rivalry with thing, and that way she can at least, you know, have more connection to Jin, like, try to sort everything out, but what can you do? <laughs> what can you do? <sighs> but, JoJo, it is your turn. Um, I would say <clears throat> the worst Tekken story, Yep. well, <clears throat> if you want to count, if you want to count this, I guess uh, maybe the Tekken tag games, mainly because those barely had any stories and most of the endings were just joke endings. Um, but I'd say for overall stories <clears throat> in the canon games, 
Yeah, I'm going to I'm just going to say it. I'm going to go with 6 because 6's story was the most forgettable. Cuz at least 5, you know, you had the thing with uh <clears throat> Excuse me, with uh uh with the uh the 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 father of Heihachi coming out, Jinpachi, him being the big monster that he was and uh 4, I believe 4 was like the return of Kazuya. And those two were pretty epic, but sixes was just kind of, kind of, kind of weird because how Jin kept trying to cause all this chaos around the world for the sake of bringing Azazel out. Like, did they explain like why that was the only way to get him to come out? Was that, or they couldn't find him, or what? I I am sure there has to be an explanation, but I wouldn't be surprised if there's not. Uh, the, the only thing I can think of is that this huge surge of power and all this war and stuff was needed and Jin needed to accomplish what he needed to, to fight him. It's weird. It, it makes me even think, how did he find out about this thing in the first place and why he decided not to really tell anyone about it is beyond me. So I, I don't know. I, I, I guess maybe that was the entire plan of deciding to take over all the uh, Mishima Zabasu troops and doing this, but it's very convoluted in, in my honest opinion. I like to think of it like uh, Full Metal Alchemist with the Philosopher's Stone. Yeah. You have to, you have to kill all these people just to summon this one dude. So crazy though. It's you know what, Fane. Since you spoke, it is your turn on this question. Uh, what is the worst tech story in your opinion? Oh, uh, well, character story is gonna have to be Roger, the kangaroo. Despite the fact, yes, he's a joke character, and the fact that he was brought up like a, uh, he was brought up to be a fighter, as well as his clone Alex, the Velociraptor. But if during Roger's story, he starts a family, gets kidnapped, and so it's up to his wife and Roger Jr., his son, to enter the tournament and to save him. And when they do save him, he was living in luxury the entire time, and then his wife divorces him. <laughs> oh, shit. I didn't know all that happened. Oh, my God. It's like I'm a kangaroo. I, he turned to kangaroo Ken when people thought the rumors of him being divorced were true. That's too soon. That's too soon. All right, Nero, it is your turn. Uh, worst Tekken story of all time. Oh man, I would say like six. I don't know what the hell they were doing with six. It's just like. They, I know they introduced a lot of characters, like Lars, Miguel, and stuff like that, but it's just like, I feel like it was just not really written properly. It just rushed it out the window, or rushed it out the door with six. And I think in terms of, oh, uh, I think in terms of, like, characters... I would, I would say Bob, but I'm gonna talk about Bob in another question. All right, that's fair enough. So we're gonna move on to the next one. 
and that is this is a pretty easy one what is the darkest story in tech history in your opinion and i'm just simply going to say it's a toss-up between tekken 3 and tekken 4. Now, this is when the story gets really dark really quickly endings are also kind of dark as well in the overall atmosphere where it feels like this is going to be uh possibly the end of the road for a lot of characters and it was the end of the road for a lot of characters uh ultimately became true in certain cases so i would say uh it's a toss-up between tekken 3 and tekken 4. next up is jojo um I would say probably the darkest story, I would probably have to say, uh, again, I know I'm sounding like a broken record because, um, Tekken three, mainly because, mainly because of how the, um, how Heihachi, you know, is just all up in arms about wanting to kill his son to the point where his grandson, I mean, excuse me, to the point where, <clears throat> In Kazuya, uh, not Kazuya, Jin's Tekken 3 ending, uh, Heihachi just freaking puts a bullet in his face. You know, that's that's really cold. And I, I, always, I always found stories of, like, I always found stories of uh, family members, you know, turning evil and maybe, like, you know, ruining or even killing their, 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 uh, their family members. I think that's kind of a dark story. I've always been a fan of those kind of dark stories, if that makes any kind of sense. Um, so yeah, I thought I thought Tekken 3's ending, I thought Tekken 3's story was kind of the darkest, followed up by uh I wanna say ones because at the end of one it's revealed that the main good guy, I'm using in quotation marks, Kazuya, was kind of evil all along, and after that he just went a big downward spiral that caused the entire world to pretty much be thrown into chaos. <clears throat> Alright, next up is Kaneki. I summed up pretty much uh, for mostly tech and dark stories, the stories in general, but I would say the darkest Tekken character stories would have to be would have to be kings because you look at you look at Tekken one two basically throughout most of the Tekken games and how you know even as a wrestler he struggled with it you know with, with with what's going on between the tournament and his you know basically king and the other king and armor kings getting killed by ogre and other uh you know and other creatures to where he almost took a life himself uh namely Craig Marduk. Well, I just like those type of stories uh, where, you know, he wanted to take reven his revenge out on someone, but he chose to hold back and then decided uh, to be friends with that said person who, uh, you know, I, I think Craig Marduk murdered someone, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Armor King, the, he murdered the original Armor King. Okay, so that's what it was. Yep, yep. the original Armor King in a bar fight, I believe. That was an interesting story, how eventually they made up and became friends. And then, you know, the Armor King II showed up and he don't like the new king. You know what? I'm going to add on to that. Uh, if we're talking about a character that is... They're starting to have a dark storyline, I would say Yoshimitsu. 
because not only was his clan wiped out, but there's also the fact of he was friends with Dr. B and uh, he was trying to help Brian Fury get the whole generator inside his body. And as a token of gratitude, he destroyed the entire lab and I think he injured Dr. B and he betrayed him. So uh, with that beef comes darkness and uh, it's going to be interesting. Like like I said, I, I, I think Nero said it earlier, seeing that have a resolution is going to be kind of cool. It's probably going to go to a dark place at that. So, uh, Nero, since I talked about you, uh, what is your opinion on, you know, worst story or did you go yet? Worst story? I, w I already went with worst story. Uh, you're talking about darkest story in the oh, second series? Yeah, darkest story, my bad. I think the darkest story was, well, in terms of the character, it was like Wong and. Well, Wong Jirai and his relationship with, well, his friendship with uh, Jinpachi. It was like, in a non-canon ending, it was, you see, like, Jinpachi dying, and Wong feels sad about his friend. Essentially, he was going through a lot of pain, being tortured by Heihachi, and being possessed by this demon, like, Wong really felt some kind of way about that. And then Wong dying in like Tekken 6, it was pretty fucked up. Oh yeah, I remember he grabs the orb, um something happens and then he dies. So it's it's pretty pretty sad and tragic uh thing all around that happened to that character, so I agree with that. Uh Fane, what about you? Uh worse stories I, I think you went right did you say roger or? yeah that was for worse i thought you were, you were doing darkest oh darkest what's the darkest story i'm gonna have to say it's gonna be the atrocities that dr abel did has done throughout the tekken series oh yeah dr b's nemesis yeah like this dude was compared to the Mishima's, he was nothing, but this dude did some evil things, experiments as well, on people. <laughs> Dr. Abel sucks. <laughs> <laughs> he does. He, he, I forgot he existed until you guys brought him up. Yeah, that was. I, I only remember him because I was like, I know Dr. B was like beefing with somebody. I couldn't quite remember his name until that got brought up. I was like, oh, it was Dr. Abel, yeah. Probably. Yeah, I can't remember who he's beefing either. <laughs> it was Dr. It was the other doctor, but, um. Like, he did. If I recall, he's the one who actually turned uh, that dude into a cyborg. Oh, Jack? No, not Jack. Brian? I think... He... Yeah, Brian. Oh, yeah, yeah. But he also did kill Jack first time. Which then led Jane to study robotics to bring him back. Alright, so Dr. Abel needs to be castrated. I got it. And I think Dr. Abel also pretty much nuked, tried to nuke uh, Jack, but Jack protected Jane. 
think that was him. Oh, I remember that ending. I know that ending. I think, that was from Tekken 2, right? I think so. Holy shit. That, that, that's, that ending was dark. I'm not gonna lie. The best part was when Brian killed him. Because he kills him in his yeah, arcade he, ending. He just strikes up, put, makes a dent in the wall with Abel's body. It's so great. It's my favorite part of uh, Tekken when that ending happens. But he's basically the cause of, like, Brian and uh, Yoshimitsu's feud. Yep. He, he inherently caused it, which makes it even more dark that way. But uh, anyone else? So oh, never mind. Uh, go ahead. Uh, no, uh, no, uh, no, go ahead. Uh... I don't think I went. I don't think I did. I go or did I? I can't remember. <laughs> I can't remember either. Uh, just uh, his, his, the, I thought he said his darkest was Tekken Six. Oh. No, not Tekken. Um... No, that was like a darkest. Like, uh, no, that was best Tekken story. Yeah, I said best was oh. four. Yeah. Well, uh, okay. I'll make my answer really fast and prompt it, But if we're talking about Dogger's story, probably Kazuya's easily because, like I said, he starts off something of like a traditional like fighting game hero, and when he gets to Tekken One's ending, it kind of turns the tables, and he's a lot more like ruthless than he lets on. Tekken Two onward. I'm not a hero. Yeah, <laughs> but um, Tekken Two onward, he's more villainous and ends up turning into, like, a huge asshole, like, no pun intended, I mean, look, it's taking five, and he literally fucking punches his grandfather into dust, like, I think it speaks for itself, and, like, considering how many atrocities, like, he's committed over the years, yeah, um, Kazi's definitely one of the most, easily the darkest character in the whole series, easily. Yep. Maybe that's where Aaron Yeager from Attack on Titan took notes from, Kazuya. Well, and and he didn't quite <laughs> stick the landing, if you know what I mean. Man, I... Oof, that... Yeah, Kazuya is a false protagonist, you know? People think he's a good guy, and then he throws his father off cliff, then he returns the favor, comes back from the dead, and then he's just completely evil. It's 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 definitely a dark turn for sure. Um so we're going to move on to the next question here. This is question number 6. So what is your favorite and least favorite arcade ladder endings? Uh I'll make mine's really quick. My favorite is honestly I it's short and it's kind of stupid but I did like the ending in Tekken 5 with Jin where he beats Jin Pachi and he sits on the throne and then it's like, oh, wait a minute, what's going on? Now he's the head of Mishima Zabatsu. I thought he was trying to destroy these people. Oh yeah, he turned into Leon in that ending. Yeah, then he with goes... The, with, uh, with the way he sits. Then he goes to the throne and he sits and then it's like the dark music creeps in. Like, it really... Okay, I put it like this. I think that was the canon ending. If yeah. I'm not mistaken. Yes, it is for Tekken 6. And I, I, I think that it was interesting because even though we all said collectively that Tekken 6's story was all over the place and kind of shit, 
it was leading somewhere interesting before they did the whole Azazel's in the ground. We got to summon them just because. Uh, but that was kind of cool that Jen was sort of becoming evil, just like his father. So if it was a natural progression, but I still felt like that overall story was kind of messy. But I did like that ending a lot because it was a perfect setup into the continuation of Tekken 6. Uh, that being said, worst endings? Uh, anything involving Gon? Fuck Gon. Fuck him. Fuck his shoes. Because he's... He's only a one-time rant. That's okay. He's, he's still ruined one of my favorite games of all time for being ported. Uh, Tekken 3. Uh, so I'm going to say his ending sucks just for being petty. That's what I'm going to go with. No, you just hate them in general. Um, you hate them too. Don't, don't be reminded of that, sir. Oh, <laughs> uh, hold on, sir. Uh, I, I might hate Yoda more than Gone, to be fair. Oh, okay. That's going to Soul Calibur territory, but I understand because his hitboxes are also trash. Uh, uh. But since we we talked about this and Kaneki brought it up and mentioned things, let's talk about your experience uh. on best and worst arcade letter endings. Um, I think my best ending, I mean, my best arcade ending is, of course, I'll bring it up until the day I die. Uh, it's the King's arcade ending in Tekken 4, where he was walking up to where Craig Marduk is like resting somewhere in the hospital. Mm. And he took that man's throat. He was about to knock that nigga out for good. He was about to kill him. But then he looked at Craig Marduk's uh, picture that, oh shit, Craig Marduk does have a family. You know, that he's not just, you know, he's not some asshole who killed Armor King in the bar. This nigga actually has a heart somewhere within Craig, uh, Marduk himself. And then the motherfucker's just like, no, he's not going to kill him. And then he just walks off. That, that type of endings I like. Holding back, knowing whatever, you know, after all Marduk did to Armor King in that bar fight, killing him. It's like... Uh, showing mercy on Marduk. That that was interesting. Um, the worst ending. Uh, you said gone. I want to know. I'm trying to figure what's the second worst ending. Uh, I can't say Mokujin because Mokujin's endings has been fantastic. Even where to where uh supposedly he had a resolve where he's back to a fucking tree. Um. I can't think of one. No, the uh, the one I brought up earlier about Lily bought uh, Asuka, pretty much. I hate that ending, period. Literally killed off any hope of Asuka being uh, taken seriously as a character, in my opinion. They ruined her. Oh. Anyone can go. Uh, I'll take this one. Um, mm -hmm. Okay, I'll go with favorites. Uh, okay, two of my favorites. Um, first one... Barring second five ending, um, that ending is fucking sick. Where he's just riding around the, on the highway on his bike, and this is after he defeats Jin Kazama. As he's riding, yeah. Devil Jin appears in the shadows, and next thing you know, he appears in front of Horang, literally blows up his fucking bike, throws Horang back. Horang's like, ugh, you know, he's on the fucking ground, picks himself up as oh, and he literally stares, and it's Jin transforms into Devil Jin, and you know, instead of being afraid devil um of devil Jin, Horning's like, come on, he tries like, you know, and well we all know how that ended up, but you gotta admit Horning staying up Devil Jin was dope. Uh I love Steve's Tekken Five ending also where you know he finds the laboratory where of um 
he looks and it turns out it's all these copies of himself because, um, you know, Steve was part of an experiment. And Steve gets so pissed, he, like, literally punches, like, the tube so hard, it breaks it completely. And he ends up destroying pretty much the lab in the process and rage. And out of that, he, like, pretty much lights the whole lab on fire with a lighter and just walks off at, like, you know how, like, in a lot of fiction where character, like, explosion back of the car and they walk off. Yeah, that was sick. Um, other two ones are really, like, least favorite. Um, I, I want to say, Paul, um, you know what? Eddie's Tekken 7 ending. Fuck Lucky Chloe. That ending was terrible. Imagine taking one of the coolest characters in Tekken and turning him into a joke. Man. Awful. I, I feel him. Un- shout out to Unruly. Sorry to interrupt. Uh, shout out to Unruly. I feel him there when that ending played. Yeah, because it's weird because Eddie was like pretty much a pretty serious character for the mo- like most pretty much all of Tekken's like all the stories, and then they literally turned him a joke in seven. Like, just like I was like, really, you're really gonna do him that that dirty? Which hopefully if he comes back in eight, they give him a better story. But that's pretty much all I gotta say. Yeah, it's a mouthful. All right, JoJo, uh, it's your turn. What is your favorite and least favorite arcade ladder ending? Oh, JoJo dropped. Oh, shit. Well, we're going to move to Nero until we uh figure out what's going on. Wait, hold on. Can I drag him back or? No, I can't. I don't know if he got kicked by Discord because he didn't talk. What the Oh, heck? there he is. Oh, there. Oh, I don't know. Hey. Discord's being strange. Were you kicked? Yeah, I got kicked for a second. Um, that was weird. We just called on you for uh, best yeah, and worst arcade letter endings, but yeah, I guess you can go. I, uh, I, just as I unmuted my mic, okay. Um, for best ladder endings, I, I like. I as like I said, I like a lot of the humor Tekken has. So, um, Tekken, I would say a lot of the endings. My, my absolute favorite ending has to be. Uh, I think it's uh, Law's ending in Tekken Tag Two, where um. It's him and uh it's him and Steve and Paul. They're in like a, a shack out in the desert or something, and uh and they got all this prize money from winning the tournament, and uh uh Law gives them both um a pizza with a bunch of laxatives in it. And then as they're, you know, they're stuck inside, you know, shitting themselves, he's running off with all the money. I like all I like those funny endings. I love them. Um, worst ending, worst ending, I would probably have to say, God, I'm trying to remember which one it was, but it like, their ending was like a short cinematic that was like, maybe, maybe like a few seconds long and it didn't really tell me anything. It was in Tekken 2, 1, 2, or 3. Oh, God. It's so forgettable that I can't even remember it right now, ironically. <laughs> but it was... It was one of those kinds of endings. Um, the one, the worst one that I would say that I would remember, um, I would say probably Kings. Um, uh, not not Kings. Um, Ar- Armor Kings Tekken Two ending mainly because at the time when I saw it, I didn't quite understand what was going on until way later when more lore was revealed, and it was him, you know, his eye bleeding. I, I I didn't like that. That was like what? What just happened? That that I just left me scratching my head. Even back then, I actually I actually understand why he had the 
the bleeding eye uh, as a kid. I actually like the ending because it tells uh, this motherfucker is either injured or he's about to die in the next game. Yeah, the king, the king, the king characters all have tragic tales. I mean, wasn't Tekken 2's king like a little bit of a of an addict or something? Mm. Uh, he lost his ways. I, I know that for sure, but I forgot what reason. I remember, he just right. wasn't in a good spot. Yeah. Right. Like, one of the kings were alcoholics. Yeah. That was one of the kings that died. The, in, the okay, intro, yeah. in the intro, he was kind of like stumbling around near the trash cans and stuff like that. I do remember that. I was like, he was dude drunk. And I was like, oh, shit. Well, he, he kind of is messed up yeah. a little bit. I'm surprised Harada didn't try and make, make an animated Tekken story based on the kings. That would have been an interesting uh, Netflix uh, special Ooh. to watch. Hell yeah. No, we were just making Netflix have ideas. Go ahead and do it. Do it. That one's free. You're welcome. You. Nah, they'll just make they'll just make more live action animes uh, to ruin people's childhoods. Oh, no, please, no. <laughs> oh well. Stop. We don't need that. Nero. Nero, it's your turn. Uh, best and worst arcade ladder endings. All right, for the best for the best one, I really do like uh Brian's second three arcade ladder ending. It shows like how psychopathic and monstrous that man could be. Like where he just gra where he just grabs where he grabs the tank uh the tank turret and just chucks chucks that these officers, I was just like, I was just laughing my ass off. And it, and the fact that he was just charging at them like it was nothing is just like crazy. What about worse? For the worst, I don't really think I have a worse ending. I thought most of the endings were kind of mad, but not necessarily bad, like the worst. Hmm. I have an honorable mention, I guess. Uh, the the ending is it Tekken two where Paul just sort of goes on a motorcycle and fucking drives into somewhere, and he tries to punch a rock in the middle of the road, and he does, and that's it. That's the ending. I'm just, I'm just like, what in God's name happened? It's just like it's, it's the most pointless ending I've ever seen. It's it's not one of the worst, but it's definitely not the best at all. So uh, that's just kind of how I felt about it. But um, Fane, what about you? Best and worst arcade ladder endings in Tekken? Go. I think is Mokujin's ending in Tekken Three, because of how silly it is, where his wife beats him up. He tells him to go get water. He goes gets the water. Sees these two mini Mokujins playing Tekken on a wooden arcade machine. He starts playing, and as soon as he beat his wife, uh, the female version of Mokujin, his wife is right behind him. <laughs> Clobbers him and knocks him in the air. It's funny. Yeah, it is so silly. I think the worst ending is Gonryu's ending in Tekken 5. Is this when he becomes a simp? Oh, that ending, He felt like he fell in love with with one of the contestants. 
from like I think it's Tekken Ju- 2? Julia? Michelle? 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 I, think. I think he likes both of them. I just forget. I, I just know he's a sub. He's a sub now. It's a both of them, yeah. Oh, man. So, fell in love with Nikki is back. He fell in love with Michelle in the first one. And then when she says no, kept saying no to him, years later, he falls in love with his with her daughter. Oh. And she's that's, trying to... that's icky. That's a little icky. The dude was like 50 at the time. Good lord. Like, he was getting the... Uh, like, he got the thing, the data to rebuild the forest for her. And he tries to propose to her, but then that girl just dips. So, uh, like, confirmed. Uh, e Honda better than gone, Ryu. Yep. <laughs> I was actually just about to say that, E Honda. At least, at least his number one love is Chanko Stew and not like creeping up on women. E Honda's cool, at least. Honestly, Particularly bro. Native American women. <laughs> yeah, was that was that Nebatron? Was he? He logged on anytime. Uh, what's that character doing streams now? Julia. Julia? Yeah, she's a streamer now. Seven. Yeah, man, watches her streams. I remember the man. I remember when he was introduced in Tekken Seven as a DLC. This man wasn't doing. This man needed help with streaming, and then Julia had to help him, um, and then he had this weird f- feelings for her. I'm like, what the hell, dude? Yeah, his his storyline was just mm-hmm. <laughs> it's it's yeah. E Honda better, and I hate E Honda so much, dude. You have no idea, but that's another story entirely. You hate Blanca. I hate Blanca too. <laughs> he could go on the list. Blanca Chad right on the list. There we go. Nikki, it's time for your favorite and least favorite Tekken arcade endings. Oh god, I think I have more I dislike than I liked, honestly. Like I I forgot I think it was Tekken 5 where it was Lee Shaolin's ending where he had Heihachi as his butler. Oh yeah, yeah, I remember that. Oh my god, that was so funny. <laughs> Why is Heihachi I, I, wearing a thong is beyond anyone's guess, but right? right? Like his big ass just comes on the screen and it's like, what? <laughs> But oh my god, there's so many that I dislike. Um, you know, Tekken Seven had like a ridiculous like side story thing, but the Yoshimitsu and Leo thing was like really creepy. It's like like he was like he had this weird attraction to Leo, and like Leo was really just like a cute fetish thing for uh for Yoshimitsu. And uh, God, what other ones did I dislike? Um, he probably knows that like- Leo was a woman. I think he knew, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think it was it was Tekken Six. I think it was the combined ending of Law, um, Paul Phoenix and Steve Fox. It was like it was something about like they had poison pizza or something and or like they purposely like put laxatives in Steve's pizza. Yeah, that something. was the one I mentioned earlier. That one was funny. I love that ending. I Oh my god, I think it's so stupid. I mean, it's silly, but I really hate how they reduce Steve Fox to, like, his comic, like, comic relief, like, them too. Like, he had a whole, like, designated story with whole, with the, uh, with the Mishima Zaibatsu, with Nina being his mother, with the Mafia trying to kill him, XYZ, and it's like, oh, well, you know, now he's just... <laughs> oh, that's definitely that. question number eight. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll get into that. Um, and then... Oh God, that's probably 
about it. I mean, I wish they would do more. Well, actually, no, this goes more into question eight, so I'm going to. Yeah, that's pretty much my answer. <laughs> it's fine. So we're going to move into number seven before we move into number eight. So it's sort of like a positive, negative thing. So uh, in terms of your favorite character, who is a character to you where the story has progressed nicely, uh, a story that you feel like is great in terms of their character and they didn't mess up? anywhere at all uh, i guess i would say uh warring i i really like what they did with his plot so far where he's like this drifter and then he comes in and then the rivalry with jen i i don't think they miss with that character in terms of how he progressed i even like that they made it partial canon where he actually did beat jen and then it turned out he tapped into devil and then uh he lost so he's coming back and the rivalry's back and it's all it's all just great and and the stuff with his master baic i i I thought that was really touching when they had those endings in there with baic's ending and tekken 5 and it just it's great you know it's it's all great and i kind of want to see him progress more even in tekken 6 uh it was like i i don't want to get this power from jen i don't i don't want to be corrupted i want to be my own person uh so i i felt like they did him justice for the most part consistently uh i have a bit of a crazy theory before anyone continues let's say in tekken 8 he does have an actual conclusion where he does beat jen but with both forms and for his secret final boss uh he fights a familiar character with his familiar uh, fight style from another series called uh, King of Fighters. <laughs> uh, Kim. Yo, they did uh, that. I will literally not. That'd be hype as fuck. Who, 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 who has the better style of, what is it, Taekwondo? Yeah. Yeah, they, they use yeah who, who, who does yeah. that style better? That would be a great conclusion. Kim. <laughs> Pick Kim by default. <laughs> <laughs> But Kaneki, since you went, uh, what is your opinion on this question? Who they did good in the Tekken series consistently? Consistently? Hmm. Nope. Where they didn't miss at all story-wise for him? So far, I would say other than Hawang, it, it had to be King. Uh, actually, before 7, I would say King, because I don't know what's King's story in the Tekken 7, like the ending to it, but... Well, up to that point, they have been consistent with King's story, like from uh, from the, you know, from his drinking problems with the first king, and then the second king uh, realizing that Marduk uh, murdered uh, Armor King in the bar fight, etc., etc. I I really like the I really like the endings with, with kings. Like I said, I just wish uh, Harada would capitalize, make an anime series about all about the kings, you know. All other uh, supported characters, not supported characters, other characters needs their stories to be told as well, not just the Mishimas, you know? No, oh, yeah. Um, the lead, I would say the, uh, well, actually, no, there is no question about least favorite character, but I'll say the least character that progressed nicely is, uh, <laughs> uh, I would say Law. Because I don't know, because he didn't went anywhere after I want to say Tekken Four. They just haven't done much with him ever since. What about you, Nikki? What do you think of this? They need to figure out what the hell they're gonna do with Brian Fury because he's just he's just a troll. He's 
I'm not going to say he's a jobber because he kicks the shit out of anybody who's, you know, around him, but they need to give him some kind of motivation. Like the whole thing that he had with Lei Wulong, like if I remember it was Lei Wulong who got him killed. And um, the fact that they didn't even interact like in Tekken 7, which is like interesting. But then he had a rivalry with Yoshimitsu. So I guess Tekken Tag 2 kind of put that to rest. Um, but I just feel like there's something more that they could do with him. Um, but as far as like um, what character progressed, definitely I agree with what Ren said about Honorong. Definitely, I think um, he's probably the most improved character based on who he has like those relationships with. And me and my friend were saying for Tekken 8, like, what if he's the one who's able to tap in and um, dispel the devil from him? Because it doesn't look like Asuka's doing anything like that. Um, uh, she's she's uh she belongs to Lily now, Lily's bitch. Yeah, she's like Lily's pet now. Yeah, so like it will be interesting if like if, if it was Harong who was able to like take the devil out of Jin and uh you know save him from this darkness. Um, I'll say Lee Chalan. Really, I think he's doing pretty well. Um, you know him being the black sheep of the Mishima quote unquote Mishima family because he's adopted, but. The fact that he's just been a troll and um, pretty much like, you know, when in Tekken 7 in the story mode, he told the uh, reporter guy, there's anything you want to know about Ayachi, just ask me. And he was like the link in between them. And uh, what else? I liked what they did with Anna, actually. I thought that was a pretty cool little uh, side story that they had. That was Nina, who I, I think, I don't know if this was exactly canon, but that Nina was the one who killed Anna's fiance. And um, and I think it was because they said Anna's fiance was actually supposed to kill Steve, but um, but Nina interfered. And of course, Anna got really pissed off about it. And I, I don't remember if that was canon or if that was just a fan theory. Hmm, what about you, Nero? What do you think on this? consistently good character throughout the series story-wise um, Nero can you hear us? yeah I can hear you I'm just thinking for a minute I'm just like trying to figure out hmm. I think I don't really have a favorite that progress nicely I'm just like I'm just like as far as far as I'm concerned this is yeah like, you know what I got I, I got a better way to word this question is there a character you want to see get an upgrade story wise upgrade story wise yeah, I want to see. I want to see Fang get an upgrade story wise. Honestly, he's supposed to be looking for the Wind God Fist, like the signature Mishima technique. And I wonder, will he even obtain that technique in Tekken Eight? Will we see him get that scroll? And I think he had like some kind of dragon power in like Tekken Seven. I want to see that come into play in Tekken 8 as well. Hmm. I guess I'll 
interject since I, I put in a new question there. Character I want to see get upgrade. Uh, let me Miguel. I think Miguel needs it. Really needs it. Cause his, yeah. his arc is pretty much over with the whole. Well, I don't know. I I think he's still pursuing Jin. I I just completely forget. I just know he was doing that at one point. Now it's just like he's making routine appearances. So I I kind of want what I want for him is a larger part of him being introduced into the whole rivalry thing, just like uh, uh, Harang is. Like I, I I feel like he deserves that, but he's not getting close to his original ambition if that makes any sense yeah i want to see him actually finish things up with jen because jen as i said before jen did uh kill his sister in uh bombings yep so what about you fane what do you, what do you think of this uh well first off fang i think he did obtain the scroll but it's more like words of wisdom that basically just said, just beat everyone else. You get stronger. Or something along the lines of that. Uh, but... I don't really know. Like, I... think I like, uh... Lee Chao Long... his story, like, his progression... I don't know, just... It's really I'm not really deep into the lore of Tekken. It's, it's, there, are certain, there are certain things I know, but like I'll probably, I could probably answer like the last question. Yeah, is is there a character that you kinda wanna see more on the forefront or no? Yeah, there is a character I wanna see more of and that is Bob. Oh god. Oh boy Bob. I hate Bob. <laughs> I My don't boy like Bob. Bob. I mean, and I use Bob in Tekken Tag, so I'm kind of a hypocrite, but in ways I hate. It's like he's a character I don't mind playing as, but I fucking hate fighting him so much because he's annoying. It's one of those. Uh, I don't mind maining him, but fighting against him, no. Sure, uh, he, may be, he may be a joke character to some degree, but that man... Is a very skilled fighter, and I want to see like then use him more in the story. Bob and Slim Bob, my worst nightmare ever. Hmm. Oh. Uh. Oh, Rand, there's there's Rufus in Street Fighter. I hate Rufus even more. I think everyone hates Rufus. Yeah. I hate Hakan even more. <laughs> Thanks so much. He's an he oily only man. In one game. He's uh, oily, oily fucker. <laughs> yeah, the oil up. Let's oil up. Let's oil uh, up. I don't think I went with a character that progressed nicely. Oh, good. Uh, okay, you know what? Really simple answer. I'll keep it short and sweet. Steve Fox. Uh, honestly, he's a really cool character. Like, really like his fighting style. Really like his design. I think his story is really interesting. <laughs> how he's like, oh, bless you. Oh, thank you. But he's the story of uh, Nina Williams, which I think is really, which is really interesting in hindsight, considering that, you know, Jin is the son of Jun Kazama, like the offspring of like, of the original, the other, the OG generation. So yeah, and um, yeah, but I think Steve's a really cool character, and it's really gonna be interesting. And I would, 
kind of like them to see how they develop this character past, like, Nina, you know, like, instead of all, like, you know, he finally gets over his past, like, starts anew, and, like, you know, opens up his own gym, tries to scout fighters or something like that. I Like, you know, some fan fiction stuff, but hey, but hey, I mean, the sky's the limit with this character, but, yeah. <sighs> Is there a character you want to see more at the forefront? Oh, I can't more of the forefront. Uh, okay. Carrie, I'd like to see more of the forefront. Lay Wulong. Lay, um, like Steve, he's really cool. Like, basically, Jackie Chan, cop, and I don't think they really do a whole lot with Lay's storyline past maybe. Yeah, they haven't done much with the story, like, since oh. probably Tekken 5 or 6. It's been a while, and I, I think he's kind of mostly reduced to, like, comic relief, which, you know. I mean, I don't know. It's just, but um, but back to Lay. Like, um, I would like him to see him get involved with like other characters. You know, like I don't know, someone like the new character, like Lydia, for example, that was like introduced in Second Seven. It'd be cool and kind of neat. I think um, there's a lot of potential you can do with this character if like handled right. You know, like if he solves like even like you know world-ending crisis. But I'm getting ahead of myself. That's what I'd like to see. Yeah. I know, I know what people said about uh, they want something like Roger and Alex to come back in te- in Tekken Eight, but you know who I really want back? Forest Law. Where's that motherfucker at? We've seen too much of martial law. We haven't seen Forest Law since Tekken Three. Yeah, like let's That's regulate what I want him. to come back at the front line. But, they uh, need. Yeah. We need more Forest Law. Yeah. Oh, uh, uh, to interject, Kaneki. I had this idea where before Tekken 8 was revealed, they should have, like, Forrest replace Law, but they actually have it, like, sick with this time, you know, like, let's just say Law kind of, like, retires and Forrest takes up the mantle and he trains with Marsh, um, Paul to, like, you know, get back in tip-top shape and, like, re- you know, be the strongest fighter. That'd been really cool, but I- I'm-, I'm so happy Law's in Tekken 8. Like, you know, he's a staple. Law tag team complete nightmare. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, and the Tekken Tag games. Nikki, I saw you unmuted for a second. Did you want to interject on the character you want to see at the forefront? Yeah, I was gonna mention about Miguel. He actually, I think he did resolve his situation with Jin in the um in the side story. Uh-huh. Um, if I remember, yeah, his ending was that he beat Jin, but he he um refused to kill him. He said, "I'm not gonna kill you." In fact, or he says, "Instead, I'm gonna suffer or let you suffer." Um, I'm gonna take away from you the be- the the thing that means the most to you. Hmm. Which I don't think I don't know if they're gonna do anything with it, but the thing, the person I want to say more so that means the most to Jin is obviously June Kazama. And can you imagine? Um, no offense to Miguel or anything like that, but can you imagine Miguel killing her? I mean, that would be well, insane. Jin would turn evil. Jin would turn uh, back to evil, like from uh, six. Well, yeah, I mean, te- technically, like, um, Miguel has the means, like, you know, he hits like a truck. I mean, he could. Uh, but story-wise, like, I don't think so. But to answer your question, yeah, I definitely agree with, um, I want to see Lei Wulong. Like, there's a lot of inner, inner connecting characters within a certain story, like, like Brian, um, Lei Wulong, um, Steve Fox, um, uh, Leo, like Steve's, or not Steve's mother, Leo's mother was Steve's babysitter when he was in the, uh, 
Super Soldier Project, and they told uh, Leo's mom, don't get close to Steve. He's he's a throwaway. Like, he's, as Nina told him, in his seven ending, you were a failed project of the, uh, um, of the Super Soldier Project. So they told Leo's mom, don't get close to him. What did she do? She got close to him and she set him free. Um, or tried to or something. And I think she ended up getting killed by uh, Kazuya, which was um, Leo's story in six. But Steve and Leo, as far as I know, never interacted. Like, it would be nice for them to say, like, hey, your mom took care of me. And Leo would say, oh, what do you know about my mother? Or talk to me about my mother, like that kind of thing. Um, I do want to see Nina and Steve interact a little more. I do want to see them get a little closer. Um, I know it's not exactly in Nina's character to really get close to other people, but she seems to give a damn enough about Steve, like, to the point where she's not incredibly heartless towards him. Um, I do want to see him and Anna interact, too, because she is his auntie, so, like, it would be really funny if, like, she says, oh, my, my nephew is so cute, and she spoils him and wants to go shopping with him and uh, she shows him off like to the media and everything because I think Steve is a celebrity. So she's like, my cute little nephew, look at him. Um, and then when you mentioned Lydia with, with Lei Wulong, like that's interesting because Lei is a Interpol cop and Leia, uh, Leo, uh, Lydia is a politician in Poland. So like an Interpol working with the politician that that could work yeah i actually said that like if um it would be kind of interesting if he got like involved with lydia in some capacity yeah you know uh, then i'll change my answer and i know he's a recent character but i kind of want to see more of him i want to see more leroy i i, I think that'd be kind of cool if he was like he's an eight he is an eight yeah. Yes. Yeah, I yep, he had a character trailer. Damn, I, I did not see that, man. I somehow Dude, New York missed City it. is like yeah, yeah, New York City is literally New York Leroy or New Leroy City. New Leroy City. He's got a he's got a big city dog, blown dude. up. And he's, the Mishimas don't care about Leroy like that. All right. He's, he's got a he's got a dog know. too. Yeah. Uh, I, I know Leroy what the dog. Awesome. Yeah. All right. I'll pick another one then. This is a good answer. It's, he well, it, whatever this thing is, it's a damn dinosaur. It needs to be at the forefront. I, I want Alex to be at the forefront to do something. I don't know. Even Roger, because they, they don't seem to use those characters anymore. So it's like, I kind of want to see them back a little bit. Not after they got in trouble with PETA. I remember that, and I thought that was highly stupid. <laughs> do a German but I'm like, you got Panda and Kuma, though. I don't like Panda. I, I think Panda's awful. Yes, you do. No. You liked Panda. No. Top eight. Top eight in tech attorneys. I bet that Panda tastes like fried chicken. Put it on the grill or something. There, there we go. go. Put, it on, <laughs> put it on the spit, spin it around. Yeah. Rolling them Panda Express. He likes the Panda cheese commercials. No, I don't. <laughs> yes, you do. But we're going to move on to the next question. Uh, question number eight. So is there a character where you kind of look forward to their progression, but it ended up being disappointing? An example is Paul Phoenix being a joke character. I want to go first on this. Uh, exactly Paul Phoenix becoming a joke character because he was training to be the strongest fighter in the universe. 
And then all of a sudden, he's the strongest fighter in the universe, wanting to fight aliens, and he keeps losing all these tournaments for the specific reasons. And I'm just like, what, what are you doing with Paul Phoenix? And then, and, and, like, can we get back to him trying to win at least one King of Iron Fist or, or getting closer? And it's just like, uh, I kind of wish they'd do something there. And I, if I had an honorable mention, I would say Steve. Now, granted, as much as I like his story, the problem is that because they're doing this whole mystery with him and Anna and having these sporadic appearances and stuff like that, she holds a gun on him, not much is explained. You don't get that dynamic of what you really want, which is for them to talk more about, obviously, you're my son and I can feel it. And, and, and we just have that moment between those two characters. And because that has not happened and they decided to regulate Steve to joke status and i think it was tekken 5 uh it was a little bit disappointing so i i hope that those two interact in the future so they can have a full complete arc of that character and and resolve that little matter of mother and son that's about it for me uh andre you want to go next uh sure uh is there a carry of luck that uh look forward but end up being disappointing okay you know what and uh, I think you guys will probably agree with me. Some of the Tekken 7 characters were kind of disappointing. Like, um, what was it, Gigas? Like, bro, why is I Gigas initially? And I, there I don't want like to see a... him ever again. Uh, same. I don't care for him. But no, before the game came out, I was actually interested because I thought, okay, this is the Marduk replacement. When the game came out, uh, Gigas ended up being fucking low tier. Um, his story basically amounted to nothing. Like, all that really amounted to him was him supposedly being Katarina's father, because I guess apparently her father got captured by the Zybots who got experimented and basically became Gigas, something like that. Because eh, design-wise, Gigas actually has a, some pretty cool design. It's just... He's just a giant husk of nothing, and um, uh, as for other guys, I don't really know. Um, I guess, uh, I guess Josie probably counts. Yeah, aka the crybaby. She's yeah, eh. she was the replacement of uh Bruce, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, she replaced Bruce, and she she did her story is non-existent. That second seven ending where she gets where she pretty much um I guess pretty much cries because of uh Kuma. Yeah, cringe. It was yeah, it was pretty cringe, I can't lie, but that's really about it, honestly, for me. I guess I'll go. I haven't gone in a while. Um mm -hmm. I would say the most the character a character I was liking but ended up being disappointing. Uh, this is going to be another echo, but I'd say June Kazama because she only appeared in Tekken 2 and the non-canon tag games. And uh, she was meant to be kind of like this this beacon of light. And I think didn't I think like uh, there wasn't really much of her after 2. And uh, like, I don't know. I don't know. I could be I could be uh, missing something in lore. But like, did she die or did she just go away? I don't Which remember. Character? Anymore, but... Assumed that. Yeah, Jun yeah. Kazama. Assumed. Oh dead. no, she didn't die. No, she didn't die. Right. No, she's been assumed dead for like twenty-two years or so. Yeah. Right. Like it would be nice. Twenty-two years. Our time. I'm sorry. 
Right. It would be it would be nice to see her, you know, kind of make a comeback in a way because her story was left unresolved with her with her trying to get her son to go on the the straight the you know the right path of being a good person. Well, she's an eight, so let's see yes, how the story progresses. So keeping my fingers crossed on that. I'm definitely gonna be playing that and check that out. <clears throat> Nikki, you go next. Nikki? Wow. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh martial law. Jesus Christ. I mean, I'm not saying that every Bruce Lee proxy in all the games have to be the same, like Fei Long, um, uh, Liu Kang, XYZ, but it's just, you turned him into this comic relief character that's just, it's so ridiculous. Like, what the hell is he there for? Like, I don't know, I just feel like he's so pointless at this at this point in time in the game. Like, if they had replaced him with Forest Law, that would be awesome, but... Unfortunately, now it just seems like him and Paul Phoenix are just like, oh, well, you know, they're just the comic relief characters. Like, they're they're OGs, so, uh, you know, it's like, you could have a really good story with both of them. And I see some potential in uh, Paul Phoenix's outfit. Um, I hope that he'll have more of a focus in this story, at least. Um, but I'm really not... Um, uh, what's the word? Not expecting much for him. Uh, Lei Wulong is another one. Like I said, um, I think, I really think, honestly, the the reason why they did this part or this uh, angle with him in Tekken Seven is because Harada just got so sick of people requesting him on Twitter. He was like, "Fine, I'll put um, Lei Wulong in the game," but he's a he's a simp for Lucky Chloe, and what? Which was, yeah, oh my god, he's yeah, I think that's what they did they did with Seven that he was a really big fan of Lucky Chloe. Oh my goodness. So Harada was probably like, okay, yeah, well you finally got Lei Wulong, but you yeah. know, blah blah blah. Can I um, can I blow my brains out right now? Because I hate Lucky Chloe so much. Oh my god, man. What a way to disrespect a legacy character, because whenever I play Lei Wulong, even in the old Tekken games, I remember he was a badass, mm -hmm. uh, wannabe Jackie Chan, Hong Kong police guy. Now he's not? Now he's a simp for a fucking idol? Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't, the idol industry sucks. Uh, go on. I have to play his story again, but I think that's what it was. That he was like a big fan of Lucky Chloe. Oh. I think it's a bad time for me to say that I do like playing as Lucky Chloe. You know, Lucky Chloe as a punching bag is required. A punching bag. Yes, definitely. Lucky Chloe's mid. I'm sorry, she's she. she, she Lucky just, Chloe is the Nickelback of fighting game characters. People hate her just because it's popular. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> that means Jojo oh, likes her as a character. Hey, at least Nickelback had one good album. <laughs> if you can even call it that. <laughs> I hate Lucky Chloe. Just I don't <gasps> think Lucky Chloe is gonna be an eight. I think I hope not. I hope not. I, I doubt it. Honestly, I don't think she's gonna be in, but if she does get revealed for it, I wouldn't be surprised either. Cut, yeah, my, cut my dick off right now and save myself the time. <laughs> Actually, while while we're talking about other characters here like this, they need to do something with Christy also because She's Oh, I forgot about Christy. She's literally like she's a clone of Eddie. She's literally Eddie with titties. Like that's <laughs> <Yay. laughs> 
<laughs> they can't uh, give her like a new move set. They can't uh, change up any of her moves uh, to uh, to be to differentiate herself from Eddie. And I'm like, come on, can if you're gonna put her in the game, which th- I will, I wouldn't be surprised if she's an eight just because. I'm like, can we do a little something different with her? Fun fact, Nikki. Uh, Chrissy actually was going to be in Tekken 3 initially, but I guess it didn't pan out. So as a result, they put mm. Eddie. Yeah. As, they saved I mean, Christy for 4. Yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing seeing Christy again. I mean, I it, it really wouldn't make sense to have like two Brazilian bombshells in the game, so they're probably going to sacrifice Katarina if they put um, Christy back in. I'd be okay with that personally. Oh, I'd be cool with that too. Like, I I don't mind Katarina's moveset, but I kind of wouldn't mind Christy back either. Yeah. If they, yeah. you know, end up doing something interesting with her. Let's hope. Hopefully. Mm-hmm. Hold on. Did I get a chance of answering this question? Mm, no. I don't think so. Okay. Okay. Because I got two answers to, to question eight. First off, this is short. Uh, a character I was I was looking forward to story wise, but ended up being disappointing. Of course, I mentioned earlier Forest Law. Why? Because canon wise, he was only appeared in one game, and that motherfucker hasn't progressed since because all they want to use is, you know, his father, Martial Law, the most. I'm like, you could just take out Martial Law and bring back Forest Law to make the story between him and Paul more, more interesting instead of being fucking comic relief characters. Hell, even Ken from Street Fighter doesn't have a fucking sto- uh, you know, it's not doesn't have a comic relief character. He's fucking being chased by Mad Gear. And and uh, the other character I'm I'm I was disappointed. Uh you know, character story-wise that I was looking forward to, but later on they got disappointed was Kuma. This man went from uh, beating Paul to simping for uh, <laughs> Xiaoyu's panda, which was which was kind of sad. I felt for that guy. Uh, to working for the Mishimas with Heihachi, if I'm not mistaken, for like two games, and now he's just like a now he's just a bear fighting. Like, come on, bro! Like, do something about Kuma again. Maybe maybe go back to try. Uh, you know, a second time trying with a panda, it's like, it felt like he's doing nothing. It's not just a, just a, fi- a bear fighter. Maybe go back fighting Paul and then settle the beef. I don't know. Hmm, who wants to go next on this one? Anyone? I'm going once. I'm going twice. I think we all went. Yeah, I think... Uh... Wait, did Fane went? Just skip me. I have no answer. Um, what okay. About, what about you, Nero? Uh, yeah, I I agree with Kaneki with uh, Kuma. I want to know how Kuma is gonna deal with Heihachi's death if he get if he caught wind of it. I want to know if he's gonna like inherit like oh I want to know if he's gonna inherit Heihachi's move set or just still have his own. <sighs> Like, that would what? be broken if he has Heihachi's moveset. If he had in this game, in Tekken I, th- I think he has like one of his uh strings, a little uh Hell Axle or something like that. Yeah. But uh, I really. Oh, go on there. But I really do want to see 
like Kuma's development as a character. Instead of him simping over Panda, I mean, he could find like another female bear that actually like likes him. <laughs> nah, you you know you know what me, you know us men like that we like the ones that uh that that doesn't interest us. We like Yes. A female bear uh, that beats the shit out of us all. Yeah. Uh I don't think I want did I do disappointing or uh this this one is for a character that you thought had a nice arc that was progressing really well and then in the end they messed it up. Oh, uh let me think. Uh, I think I said uh I guess I said Eddie before. Probably Eddie. Yeah, you did. Else. You did. You answered. Okay. Me. All right. My bad. Well, I have one final question since we kind of did number nine and I'm surprised that we didn't talk about this sooner or later because it is kind of a big component of the Mishima bloodline. But I want to ask people, what do you guys think of the devil gene and, and how that's progressing within the story? Do you think it's cool to see these different forms running around or do you think they should do more with it? Uh, just to go really quickly for me, I think it's awesome. I, I like Kazuya and Jen's differing forms. And I like the idea that Heihachi wanted to like engineer some sort of devil gene for himself, but that never really went anywhere because I think it couldn't be accepted into his body because he needed Jen's blood or something like that. So uh, there was a time where they were saying like he's really sick or something like that and he needs it so he can survive and it never really went anywhere as far as the story went. So I kind of want to see them do something else with it. Uh, a lot of people have been saying like, maybe Lars, but I don't think Lars even has the devil gene, so it's probably not going to work out that way. Uh, but what do you guys think? I'll go with Andre first. Uh, the devil gene discussion? Uh, yeah. Like more forms? Yeah, more forms, or what do you think about it in general from a story perspective? Uh, it's cool. I do really like the devil gene aspect. It's very interesting. My only gripe, I think it's been drawn out considerably because um, it is like, you know, we already know, like, you know, Kazu and Jin are the um, double gene, right? And Lars can't get it. But at the same time, it would be interesting if they had, like, um, other members of, like, the Mishima or, like, or shoot, even, like, Kazumi's family, the Hachi Joe family from Tekken 7. Um, uh, cause you know, in Tekken eight, I don't know, Tekken seven, they introduced like Cosme's family, and you know, apparently the double gene comes from Cosme, and it was kind of interesting that she was kind of like the progenitor of it. Which after she died, you know, that led us to Cosme vengeance. So, um, I do feel like eight is probably gonna answer more questions, or at least you know, you know how like um. Well, no, I think some did answer all the questions, but like, you know, but what I'm trying to say is like, hopefully a, they do at least resolve it like permanently and, you know, like have a good conclusive end to it all. But yeah, that's all I gotta say. I, I kind of want them to leave the door open a little bit as a, like you can, you can, if you want to kill members of that currently have the gene, that's cool. But I kind of want them to leave it open to where it, 
still sort of exist and can be passed from person to person and that sort of leads to Tekken 9. I'm hoping that they have like a sort of uh, story jump in Tekken 9 where there's other people that may have it and feel like they have cursed genes or something. That's that's kind of what I want them to do. I don't want it to be gone entirely, but I, I do want this to be the end of the Mishima arc, but the beginning of something else, maybe something yeah. else sinister too. Oh yeah, I agree 100%, Ren. Oh yeah, that'd be, that'd be nice. So I'm gonna let Kaneki go. Um... Andre said it was pretty cool in the first six, seven games about the whole devil gene with the with the Mishimos, but eventually, and I hope and I, I hopefully for Tekken Eight, this will be the conclusion of the devil gene arc where uh where they finally sell the difference and maybe if they was to do a Tekken Nine, we would go through a whole different story instead of uh instead of just focusing on Jin and Kazuya. Well, if Kazuya this one still is still alive. Uh, they they'll focus stories on other characters, like maybe making Paul into a serious character again, and focus on characters like King and whatnot, being the main vocal points instead of, you know, the Mishimas. Nikki, what about you? Any thoughts on the Devil Gene and how it was introduced in this series? Well, Harada would be absolutely nuts if he kills Heihachi and Kazuya in consecutive games, so I don't know what's going to happen with that. But one thing that I found really interesting, and I have to watch the um, the intro, like the, the very first trailer again, but there was a quote in, the, in there that said, Come humanity, fight me with all you have. So I'm thinking, what if, like, the devil, ge devil gene becomes its own entity? And that everybody all has to come together and fight off this evil that's even greater than anything they've ever fought before. Um, but uh... I, I like the, I'm kind of interested in where where it's going. Like when they um, when they introduced, I think it was God, I can't even remember which second game that introduced the Devil Gene. But obviously, Kasumi wasn't even really a thought until much later on so i did like the little twist that it was that the devil gene came from kazumi not from heihachi um which would entail that lars never gets the devil gene because he doesn't have kazumi's blood but um but we don't know anything about lars mom like what if you know heihachi found her to be suitable to mate with like maybe she's got some kind of well, they're never going to show who this woman is, but, you know, what if she has some kind of devil gene going on? Um, but it it really wouldn't work out because the devil gene came from Kasumi. Um, but I do wonder what they're going to do with it in Tekken 8. Um, it's, you know, it's going to be a Jin versus, versus Kazuya. And I guess we'll just see where it goes from there. I... I like where it's been progressing there, and it looks like this will be the conclusion. Nero, it's your turn. What are your thoughts on the Devil Gene? I think the Devil the Devil Gene is it's a cool concept, but I feel like it's just like sometimes I feel like it's just wasted potential because yeah, you have Kazumi. And 
Kazuya and Jen, but Steve having the devil gene inside of him. So I wonder how is that gonna is that gonna play into future Tekken games or is that gonna play into Tekken 8? Wait, because a fool a fool having a devil gene? Uh Steve. Steve? Oh. We're gonna have a devil boxer? <laughs> that would be absolutely fucking insane. I'd be I'd be cool with that. I'd be I'd be crazy. And I wonder, are that there be interesting? Especially considering he's been experimented on, so it's very possible they could have found um some devil gene and spliced it with him when he was being created. It'll be more it'll be more broken if you keep mashing. No no skill required. Than already is. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jen. And I wonder. Oh, good. Oh, I was gonna ask: Are there any are there any other clans besides the Hachijos that have devil genes? Are there different types of devil genes that are out there in that tech in the Tekken universe? That is honestly a great question that we do not know the answer to. I I, I put it like this: If they do another time jump or whatever i feel as though they should answer this question because i feel like these mishimas and, and hachi joes or whatever they shouldn't be the only threat to the world in terms of transformations and and you can make more interesting transformations in the gameplay in the story in the lore that could be utilized as like special moves or special transformations like when Kazuya goes into devil and he turns purple and does all this crazy shit with the ray beams so they could do something with that I think that would be interesting for the next game if they go that route while planting the seeds in Tekken 8 but that's all I gotta say on that interject I'm gonna let Jojo go next um while I do like the uh, idea of the devil gene in the story you know to kind of give you know, some characters motivation for power and stuff. But um, I kind of like the idea Nero said that there would be like other kinds of devil genes out in the world, not just in the Mishima bloodline. Like maybe like maybe there will be devil genes that like. <clears throat> like make you trans like have different, you know, forms of transformations, you know, like there could be one where you're like a bird or one where you're like a. Uh, where you're like not even human shaped or something. I would love to, I would love to see like, or, or I would also love to see like, uh, like, I guess like some have someone trying to clone the devil gene into a character, but they turned out like, you know, they got weird freaky powers cause they couldn't get it right. That would be a kind of a cool little, a little side tangent to the, to the devil gene story i would love to see that see see how people can get creative with that all right fane you are the last one for the final question what do you think of the devil gene transformation and how it's been integrated into the series oh, okay uh i think the devil gene is a pretty cool idea and the I feel like it, they could be do they could do a lot more with it. Like, yeah, there could be other clans or families with the devil gene, and they have shown like 
there are other threats to the in the Tekken universe. For instance, Ogre, who nearly wiped out every good fighter. Um, but yeah, I feel like that they there there could be more things to come for Tekken, especially with the double gene. Yeah, I like. Uh, I agree. It's like, what is under all these pyramids and what is going on with these ancient beasts? We've already seen like literally two of them. So maybe they could make like a connection of, oh, this is something unearthing in the future. This is going on and ultimately much bigger. Yeah, something much bigger is at stake and all these heroes that are left, they have to stop them while training their kids to do it as well. And that could lead to something bigger in the future. Like I said, I, I like the war element of Tekken 6, but I didn't like the execution. So I would like if they do something like these evil gods underground have been stewing this whole time and with the more fighting that's been going on in the king of iron fist they get unearthed and everything goes to shit so it would be a big war arc but in a different way and i think that would be really entertaining to see going forward along with more people having the gene themselves and fighting their own merits uh so i think this was a fun discussion fun podcast uh we're gonna have a shout out to rat rat he could not make it today but it's his birthday that is important so happy birthday to rat rat watching Yay, this podcast happy birthday to rat you're one you're closer to death happy birthday buddy happy birthday rat you're the best you're the goat man. i'm gonna get you a i'm gonna get you a broom uh broomock plushie for your birthday i know you love those man also also congrats to him for not losing uh, a ranked match in street fighter 6 as he reached the silver absolutely oh, just destroy very nice destroy impressive. very impressive destroy them boys out there shout out to rad rag great member of the podcast and is great friend and hopefully you're having a happy yes. birthday i will do the outros now so you can find me obviously on twitter at rent operative underscore and you can find me on youtube at renegade operative where i will be you know, dealing with either some Mortal Kombat 1 stuff. I kind of want to talk about it. Uh, so I might be doing that over the week. Uh, as for this podcast, I'll be uploading that on Infinite Ammo Syndicate. So stay tuned. Uh, next, we have Andre. Where can we find you, buddy? Uh, you can find me at Sawyer Andre B. Venom. I'm also on YouTube. I really need to get back to streaming. I haven't streamed in a couple of weeks. But yeah, that's all about, That's all there is to it. Next up, we have Nero. Where can we find you, buddy? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at King Nero Barrage. Also, uh, yeah, I want to get back into streaming soon. Due to a personal situation, I couldn't really be streaming or doing anything as much. So when I get that when I get that situated, I want to go back to streaming. My Twitch is like King Nero Barrage, and my YouTube as well awesome awesome shout outs to this man he's been missing out on the fighting games but honestly so much coming out this year that i can't wait to play and we'll get that all sorted out as time goes on uh next up is Kaneki. where can we find you buddy of course you can find me youtube and twitter only or in the same name as Ghoul War Order. You can also find me on PSN known as Kaneki World Order. Xbox, 
Steam, the same name Google order, but not Twitch because uh, fuck the ads forever. And all I gotta say is, it's a great time and year to be a fighting game fan, whether you're into Mortal Kombat, Street Fighter, or any other fighting games so far as they're getting in the spotlight right now, especially Tekken, since uh, I believe that's coming out next year. Awesome. Next up, we have the WAP, the introductory WAP. Uh, do your outros, Nikki. I hate you guys so much. <laughs> I hate you too. <laughs> Especially you, Ryan. You can't see me, but I'm flipping you off right now. <laughs> hey, this is what I do best. As my stuff falls <laughs> on my desk, you curse me. No, no, I'm just gonna, gonna make it <laughs> Um, so you can find me on Twitter at NeuroCatatonic. You can also find me on Twitch at NeuroCatatonic. And um, I am building up my YouTube again. I'm going to be putting a lot more content on there. Um, NeuroCatatonic Gaming. Um, you can also find me on uh, Metal Devastation Radio if you like metal. Um, I play a lot of death metal, a lot of doom metal on uh, MetalDevastationRadio.com Wednesday nights at 8 p.m. EST. So I hope to see you guys there. Thanks for. Uh, you know, listening to the podcast, talking Tekken is one of my favorite things. Um, I just love the lore of all, all my favorite fighting games, and uh, yeah, cheers. Lord Tekken Ace talk is going to be eight hours long. I'm ready for that. I'm going to be talking about oh, every yeah. little detail. I'll be ready. But <laughs> next up is JoJo. Where can we find you, bud? Uh, you can find me on uh, Twitter at the Lost JoJo. Also, find me on the same name on uh, Twitch where I am currently, on Thursdays, streaming uh, Metal uh, uh, Gears of War, the entire franchise, the campaigns with my friend Sugar Bastion. We are currently on, we're about halfway through five, and I'm also doing uh, Monster Rancher on Mondays, though I'm, I don't know if I'm going to do one this Mondays. I got something coming up. Uh, you can find me on YouTube at uh, JoJo's Woodshed, where I upload archives of my streams and... Just whatever stupid little videos I feel like making at the time. And last but not least, we have Fane. Where can we find you, buddy, on social media? Uh, Fane Sanity. You can find me on YouTube and uh, TikTok on, at Fan Sanity. I really need to upload again. I think I have some videos saved up that I need to upload. I look forward to those. Uh, that's pretty much where you find me. All right, so at least for now. You know what? At least, at least you're not in Montana. Hmm. Since he bought up TikTok. Ah, it's banned over there, along with Tekken Eight clips. Uh, it's gonna happen. That shit. That shit will be effective next year. So. Uh, but yeah, that's I probably here not there. I've been reading that and legally. They cannot find Google Play. <laughs> oh well, let's cut wow. off. Let's cut off the podcast now. Uh, we're gonna sign out. Uh, it's been a great time talking about Tekken, fighting games, and all that stuff. And once again, remember, get that ass banned, you dumb motherfucker. <laughs> oh, no. oh my god! Odds, you know what to do. Get that ass banned. <laughs>